even if I'm at a restaurant, sorry, my mom and my sister both work for the same school district and it's the same one I went to. Mm-hmm. We'd be at like a restaurant in that town and they'd be like, well, you know, Joe Jones, his family life is not well. His sister got caught doing that. And then, you know, the parents aren't, well, you know, and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. You don't know if they're sitting behind us or if their cousin is sitting behind us, their aunt, like, and they like everyone's like you're so sensitive i'm like no i just don't want anyone's feelings hurt hi everybody and welcome to did you bring earplugs a musical misadventure that's close to your home and hopefully close to your heart uh my name is julian suga i'm michael roanhouse i'm sasha otto and i'm julian van overbeck and today folks we are here to talk about our hometown heroes but first on that note i wanted to know y'all what was your favorite venue in your hometown or you know nearish to your hometown (sighs) well I did not really go to concerts in my hometown, so I don't really have one. What was there? Was there a venue somewhere that like like uh, 10, 10, 15 minute drive, like anywhere in the in the proximity? A VFW hall somewhere? I mean, my graduation <laughs> my graduation is in a really beautiful chapel. Okay, all right, that's we'll that's take it. yeah, yeah, no wrong answers. Actually, my high school actually had a really nice um, theater. It was really nice. Like when when I when I was um, uh, I think when I was a freshman, they re- like they'd remodeled it before that or something. And um, fun fact: Katie Holm is actually from my hometown, and she went to my high school and she came to visit one year just to see it. And um, she was not very nice, but. I've chalked it up now to the fact that she was with Tom Cruise at the time, and Tom Cruise and, was yeah, actively being brainwashed. So yeah. yeah. Um, did your high school have a battle of the bands? We did not, but like the all boys schools did. Mm. Yeah, gotcha. We were like, our our high school was like the theater geeks. Like we loved theater. Not necessarily mm-hmm. like band, yeah, like yeah. cool bands. <laughs> yeah, also it was a Catholic all girls school, so like any battle the bands would all be just like really awful Christian rock, probably. So, <laughs> yeah, so m- musically inspired, but a different different genre of music, perhaps. Uh huh. Gotcha. Yeah. Jillian, Mike, anything? Yeah, I've got. Well, if we're talking about Detroit, there's a couple. I mean, there's some really good venues, but St. Andrews is a really cool venue. And so is um, the Magic Stick, which is uh, named partially because Houdini had like his last show there. So it's like the Majestic and the Magic Stick and they're combined and it's like a really cool venue. And anytime like someone famous usually like performs in Detroit, they'll go there afterwards to the Garden Bowl, which Mm -hmm. is also attached. And like they'll go bowling there and stuff. It's really cool, really cool venue. But if I'm really talking hometown, Um, you know, then we'll get embarrassing because there's this place called the MySpace Cafe that was huge when I was in high school. Um, oh God, it was not. We're we're talking about like MySpace, like the social media network. Yes. So it was, I don't even know how this thing is legally run. It, it was just like a big open room in this complex. Um, and they had like a side room where there were like a bunch of, uh, I was going to say pianos, computers where you could like log into MySpace after school. What are pianos, but the computers of the musical world. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Um, and so like all the big, like, I I remember seeing like the Devil Wears Prada there when I was in like, I don't know, like 2005 or Mm -hmm. 2006 or something like that. And like the guy from Chiodos would come in there and all the girls would be like, oh my God, like stupid dumb 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 but yeah that's a a real live venue that um existed nearby where i grew up nice 
Um, yeah, I, I had the Comedy and Magic Club, which was in Hermosa Beach, um, which was um, probably most famous for being the spot that Jay Leno would work out his stuff at. Um, like like he like when he was hosting the Tonight Show, he would work out a lot of monologue stuff at the Comedy Magic Club. Um, but it, they also hosted musical acts from time to time. Um, and I think I only ever saw one, um, you know, one musical performance there. But uh, it was a spillover. It was part of this like town wide battle of the bands that um, you know had uh, shows at different venues, and and one happened to be there. Um, yeah, that's it. Mike? Yeah, I mean, I come from Burlington, and there really is not much going on there. I mean, sports are a big thing there. Like, a lot of MLB players come mm -hmm. out of Burlington. But other than that, there's the Malt House Theater, which used to be a brewery. So I feel like that's about the most Wisconsin thing there, <laughs> is mo movie theaters and uh, breweries. And if... It, you know, it either used to be a brewery at one point or it will be at some point in the future. <laughs> it's either a brewery or it's unoccupied. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, not, no music venues. Though. I'd have to go to like the Rave in Milwaukee or something like yeah. that to, to get to the closest venue. Yeah, my, mine would have essentially been the same thing. Uh, there, there were local venues, but no one really that I was interested in was playing there. And, and yeah, the nearest would have either been like Anaheim where like the house of blues or chain reaction was, or like Hollywood basically, which was not anywhere close. Um, but yeah, well, cool. Uh, that is a clean segue into our topic for this week's episode. I say this week's, we release bi-weekly, whatever. Um, actually, we release weekly now. Um, this week's episode, uh, which is about our hometown heroes, which is, in essence, uh, our favorite bands from or from parts around where we grew up. Um, boy, who should start today? I feel like I usually start. I'm looking for a volunteer. Or I, I feel like I usually choose who starts, but I'm looking for a volunteer. Jillian is uh, prostrate in a way that suggests that she may be dying soon. So why don't I kick things off? Uh, my hometown hero is uh, The Descendants. I'm actually not sure if it's the descendants or just descendants, but they are a punk rock band from Manhattan beach. Um, and just to show my hometown hero bona fides, uh, Manhattan beach pier, uh, is 2.6 miles away from, uh, the home that I grew up in, uh, my childhood home, uh, descendants, uh, boy, there's a lot to say about them. They formed in 1977, which, uh, even I was surprised that I didn't even know. I did not know they were that old. Um, they've gone through, everything um they've broken up and reformed two or three times um but a highly influential band um they sort of were brought up in the in uh, so, so just for a little bit of background um i'm from redondo beach which is part of a string of towns in southern california called the south bay um which is manhattan beach redondo beach hermosa beach and palos verdes um, and, uh, yeah, um, uh, like I said, uh, descendants are from Manhattan beach. Um, and again, highly influential. They've gone on to inform the sound, uh, sounds of such bands as Blink-182, Green Day, The Offspring, No FX, which I wrote down in my notes as No FY, which is not, it's a different band. Um, and, um, some non-punk bands. Um, I think Dave Grohl was a big fan. So Nirvana and Foo Fighters picked up a lot of, uh, a lot of their, a lot of their tendencies, um, and sort of miraculously through all their trials and tribulations, they've had four core members, uh, another thing that I did not know about them, but they are Bill Stevenson on drums. And he's, uh, I used to have this theory about drummers that they were either really lanky, like drummers are either really lanky, like really long arms, or they're just built like brick shit houses where they're just like yeah. super beefy. And Bill Stevenson <laughs> is definitely one of the latter. Uh, I've got Carl Alvarez on bass, Steven Edgerton on guitar, and of course Milo Ackerman on vocals. Um, 
tracing the descendants history is sort of tricky because three of the four members, um, basically everyone except for Milo also played in the band all. Um, and their, their sort of timelines overlap so much so that, uh, in, in the late, in the mid early two thousands, they released uh, a live record, um, called all, all live plus one. And, the album art was the was essentially the same on both sides of the insert, with the exception of the lead singer, um, because they again the the members were so common between the two bands that uh, they could just switch it out. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, so they actually recorded uh, another thing I didn't know. They recorded their first two EPs at Total Access Recording in Redondo Beach. Um, oh. Had I known this when I was growing up there, I would have been. Uh, I would have haunted that place like a specter. Um, and uh, e- even if you don't know the descendants, you may know their aesthetic. Um, uh, the lead singer Milo is sort of featured in caricature on a lot of their records. It's a very simple line drawing of uh, sort of a, a guy with sort of a buzz cut and big thick rimmed glasses. Um, and uh, boy, what else is there to say about them? Uh, they play very fast uh, sort of pop, informed punk um they're actually sort of uh, um cited as responsible for informing a lot of what pop punk would become as well as um informing a lot of what uh, melodic hardcore would would become um and apparently this uh this style of theirs uh largely came about because of something that they invented called the quote bonus cup um which according to uh their drummer uh was a third of a cup of instant coffee grounds hot water and five spoonfuls of sugar, which then segued into them playing 10 second songs. Um, but yeah, their, their love of coffee is well documented. They actually have an, uh, uh, a song called, what is it called? Coffee, coffee Mug. Yeah, which is one of the aforementioned 10 second songs. Um, but yeah, they're great. Uh, they uh, reformed for the third time, I believe, in 2004 and have been releasing pretty solid albums ever since. Um, I first got into them uh, during their Epitaph years. Um, specifically, the album Everything Sucks was on pretty pretty consistent repeat with me as well as that um aforementioned live album um and in in reflecting on their music it it sort of occurred to me that despite having informed like pop punk and and melodic hardcore and very like youthful genres of music they're sort of they have a certain dad rock appeal um which is evidenced by uh one my dad being very into the live album i remember playing it on a road trip and him being being pretty into it um, and secondly, um, I took uh, arts and ceramics in summer school once, and uh, because it was sort of a, a loosely structured class, uh, the the teacher, Mr. Palacios, would let us play CDs. And uh, I remember uh, bringing in Everything Sucks once, and uh, him being really into it, and uh, <laughs> uh, saying that it quote reminded him of the Ramones, which I did not see the linkage between because the Ramones play very like mid-tempo like very simplistic mm-hmm. and this is like really hyperactive but uh, you know it takes all kinds yeah um but yeah that's the descendants it's a good cool. pick. oh thank you i love you that's like one of my favorite songs cool to use great album mm-hmm. that's cool that they're from near where you grew up yeah yeah Jillian, since you talked last, oh. let's hear your pick. And hey, you know, you get it over with early on, so you can just check out for the rest of the episode. 
I do not I do not want it to seem like I don't want to be here right now. However, I'm wearing a very comfortable hoodie and it looks as if I don't want to be, but I'm just cozy. So let's just put that out there. Um, okay, so I had originally picked two other bands than the one that I'm gonna actually talk about. Uh, because you guys all picked bigger commercial successes than the ones that I picked. So um, I am from the Metro Detroit area. Um, I'm from St. Clair Shores, Michigan, which is about five or 10 minutes outside of Detroit, depending on how fast you drive on 94. Um, And so the band I'm going to talk about is The White Stripes. Yeah, <laughs> pretty big band. <laughs> they got pretty popular. moderately successful. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think they just they got really popular when I was in like sixth grade, and I don't. I think people had like some kind of uh, recognition that they were from the area. Um, but Jack White is actually like from Detroit proper. He went to Cast Tech, and Meg White is from a, like a neighboring town of like my hometown i think she's from gross point so um they started playing music together and uh starting release started releasing music and then when they started getting interviewed for things people were like they both have the same last name what like what are they to each other and jack white is kind of famous for these little lies that he tells everyone to like create some kind of folklore around him and his projects and so they told everybody that they were siblings when they are actually not related and married. So at the time they were married, um, but everyone thought that they were siblings with like a really odd body chemistry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> very strange. Um, but the crazy thing that I learned while just like doing some light digging for this uh, episode is that they were only ma- they were married from '96 to 2000, and they got popular they had their big commercial success in 2002 so they were married and divorced before they ever even like yeah got popular which right, i think is kind of a miracle fell yeah. in love with the girl was on their second album Probably. i think so yeah i can't remember right now yeah I, I i don't think any of us uh right now are gigantic white stripes fans yeah yeah like them but i i definitely remember uh, fell in love with a girl like I remember its cultural moment um, mm-hmm. and and to to sort of expound on what you were saying about their of uh, the mystery surrounding their relationship it feels like they were of that era of bands where it was harder and harder to be gigantic um, because the internet was sort of becoming a thing and along yeah. with that it was also harder to curate any sort of sort of mystery around your band because the mm-hmm. the expectation more and more was like oh you have to be in the public eye constantly 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 but they they still had this like mystique about them yeah they had like a very specific theme like all, the all black and the red and white like they only wore that color palette and meg white never spoke pretty much like they got interviewed it would just be like jack talking and she would like silently like stay right beside her only say a few words yeah. um so that was the whole thing. Um, <laughs> fun fact about my family, my brother was once asked, if you were to ever get a chance to walk out on the WWE stage, what song would you want to walk out to? And he said, Dead Leaves on the Dirty Ground. And so that's just a shout out to my brother. <laughs> um, however, my my favorite is um, Hotel Yorba is probably one of my favorite White Stripe songs. Um, and Who Doesn't Love, We're Going to Be Friends. It's also really great. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, I've always loved Hotel Yorba, and then I dated a guy in southwest Detroit for a really long time, um, and I had to pass ho- the actual Hotel Yorba to get home. Like, I'd, like, drive down the street and then get on the expressway, and I saw the actual Hotel Yorba. It's got this cool vintage signing on it and stuff, like, stuff built. I was watching with one eye on the other side. 
So it's just cool to see like everything he's drawn inspiration from around the city, but he's got a complicated history with the city now that's partially repaired. It's very strange. Um, he used to get into like all these fights with local, like other Detroit musicians all the time. Um, there was another band that was like up and coming at the same time. They never reached the same level of success, obviously, but they were called the Von Bondies. Um, uh, yeah, that rings a and, small bell. That does sound familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And like the lead singer of that band, I think his name is Jason Stolsteimer. Um, I think Jack White like sucker punched him and he got a misdemeanor and he had to go to court and they charged him with something else. And then like, he just rapidly kept getting into these fights or whatever. And like, I think for a very long time. And if, if not still will not play Detroit, he just like really himself. Third man Mm -hmm. records, the actual headquarters is in Detroit, right? No, it's in Nashville, but he opened a second third man records in Detroit. Which is cool. It's a really cool pressing plant. It's in like the really hip part of Detroit. It's in Midtown. It like shares a block with Shinola and very expensive mm. other stores and stuff. But it's like a really cool place to step into. You can see like the pressing plants in the back. You can like watch people press the records. Yeah. That's stuff. Cool. And he does like a lot of like positive stuff for the city of Detroit. He just doesn't um, necessarily want to be in it. <laughs> just like, yeah. <laughs> again it might have only just been for a certain amount of time but i've not heard of him playing there in in recent years and he like made a point not to for a long time tumultuous you know i i don't i don't exactly get watch culture it seems strange to me not being like a exceedingly wealthy person but i'll I'll fork out a a few hundred bucks for a shinola one day i i I like the way they look I, I, it's a dream of mine too. There's actually a Shinola outlet at this like outlet mall in Michigan um, where you can get like semi-defective ones mm-hmm. for, you know, a lower price point, but it's still never the one that you actually want. It's never the one that you're you want. You're still paying hundreds of dollars. So you're like, I might as well just save up another month yeah. or two and <laughs> get the one that I want, you know? Yeah. Um, but I was looking at their website the other day and to even get a sweatshirt from them, I think their sweatshirts are like 270 bucks mm-hmm. just to have like a normal sweatshirt with the name printed on it. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> yeah. It's that luxury tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a, a favorite white stripes album or, or, or is it, is it mostly a singles thing? I feel like they're, they're a pretty singles driven band. For me, it's singles driven white blood cells has two of my favorite songs on it. So if I had to pick one, it's probably that one. Um, but I can't listen to them for long amounts of time. Like, um, it's very like bluesy rock, which I appreciate how good he is at his craft, but mm. it's never my go-to. Yeah. I just have to kind of remember that song and be like, Oh, I want to listen to that now. And I'll put it on. Yeah. It's, it's so funny thinking about his, uh, his non white stripes output. Um, <laughs> because so, so Meg white was, uh, sort of a cipher as we've talked about and and her drumming was very to be generous very um elemental you know it was it was very basic um she was really there to to carry a rhythm and 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 play loud um but it feels like the other projects that he's done with more virtuosic musicians have resulted in more generic sounding music um like what is his what is his other his other main side band the rack on tours, yeah, yeah. Which, which always it felt like they were always verging on something unique, but it just ended up feeling sort of throwbacky and like a sort of an uninspiring way. And then, like his solo stuff has been really rocky, right? Like, mm-hmm. like he's yeah. he's released like some downright like bad albums. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's something else. Like people who really specialize in his area of like blues, rock, experimental. I don't know what else you would mesh with that or like hail him as something really special. And, and you can see he like is very passionate about it, but that's not necessarily what I like to, yeah. you know, and a crazy talented guitarist. Like he, yes. he, he can get the sounds out of that thing that, that sound otherworldly. Right. Cool. Agreed. All righty. Uh, any final words about the white stripes? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new-
Sasha, Mike, who's 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 going next? I'll go next. Um, so, my uh, pick for hometown hero is Les Paul, who goes by his legal name is Lester Lester William Pulsefist. So just, incredibly just, German. Which, the the the, cool. the appearance and mouthfeel of Pulfith is just is just <laughs> the the worst. Like, thank you for changing it to to just to Paul, Mister Lest. Cool. Yeah, well, he never legally changed his name, but he, that's his stage name is gotcha. Les Paul. Um, but he uh, was born in Waukesha, Wisconsin, in 1915, uh, which is just one county away f- uh, from where I uh, was born. Um, he and uh, he really was uh, a pioneer of his time. He created one of the very first uh, solid body electric guitars uh, called the Log, which later served as inspiration for the iconic Gibson Les Paul guitar. Uh, funny fact about that is um, Les Paul approached Gibson uh, back in 1941, and they showed no interest in producing it until the 1950s after the Fender Esquire and the uh, Telecaster uh, gained notoriety of the time. Yeah, just, uh, apparently I just imagine... the Telecaster was called the Broadcaster before it was changed. I just imagine them being like, electrics? <laughs> That's not the wave of the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, um, he, was, he was quite the character. So he dropped out of high school um, at a very young age, like I think 15, 16, um, and moved to Chicago with one of his friends who he played music with. Um, in 1934, they moved to Chicago um, to produce country music for the radio. And then he, they um, played at the 1934 Chicago World's Fair. Oh, wow. Um, he cool. shortly thereafter served in the Army in 1943, um, just as part of the, you know, what would you call it, like musician cavalry or something like that. Played along Bing Crosby and other acts mm. for the soldiers. Wow. Um, but yeah, he uh, he was a pioneer, like I said, in the, one of the first um, solid body electric guitar designs. He um, created quite a few um, audio mixing effects as well, like sound on sound. Um, his I would say his bigger tracks would be "It's Been a Long, Long Time" and "Born to Lose," which were off of uh, some of his earlier albums, but. Um, in the 50s, he uh, was in a band called Les Paul and Mary Ford with his wife at the time, and uh, they sold millions and millions of records. They were a pretty big act in the 50s. Now the hacienda's dark, the town is sleeping. Now the time has come to part, the time for weeping. Vaya con Dios, my darling. Yeah, it it was a it was a funny uh, connecting of of things for me because I I was obviously aware of the Les Paul, uh, like the guitar, but. It just never occurred to me that, like, oh yeah, this was a this was a, a guy who was like a m- yeah. musician who m- made music, you know. And, yeah. But for some reason, there was still that little trigger in my brain that was like, oh, he made music, did he? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, of course he did, you dummy. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. That's 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 sort of cool. Did did you ever uh, did you ever own a, a Gibson Les Paul? No, no, I was always a fan of the Telecaster, but I mean, obviously, everybody loves the Les Paul. That's like. 
if you had the money, you would go and buy a Les Paul above anything else. I feel like if, you know, like that's when, you know, you make it as a professional artist as if you can drop the dough on like a <laughs> legit, uh, Gibson Les Paul, not a knockoff, you know, Epiphone Les Paul, not which is, which is bad. what I had, which is what I tried to learn on was the, the, Epiphone yeah, they're Les like Paul. a fourth of the price. Yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it was one of those like starter kits that came with like a soft case, the guitar, a little like 10 yeah. watt amp for like a hundred bucks or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Any, uh, any questions or any, uh, last words about, uh, Lester Paulington or whatever his name is. Questions? No. Any questions about it? No. All righty. Well, Sasha, why don't you finish off our discussion of hometown heroes? Yes. So, I did have a struggle with this one because there's no one really notable for my hometown of Toledo, Ohio. Um, I think one of the closest artists uh, was... Marilyn Manson, which yikes. So um I expanded <laughs> Yeah, um but yeah, I expanded statewide. And um I did want to just briefly run mention a runner up, which was Cloud Nothings. Um I really do like Cloud Nothings, but I feel like I I'm not like a mega mega fan of yeah. them, so I didn't feel like I'd do them justice. But um they're actually from Cleveland. Uh, which is not close to Toledo, but whatever. It's Ohio, yeah, same you know. State, um, yeah, and like we, we like when, especially when my sister was going to shows, she we would go to like Detroit and Cleveland a lot. Like, mm. so you know, I mean, we only saw like I only saw Backstreet Boys when I was young, so like <laughs> I wasn't really going to concerts all the time. But anyway, um, so I'm going to talk about the National. Sorrow found me when I was young Sorrow waited, sorrow won Sorrow they put me on the pill It's in my honey, it's in my milk um, and we've obviously talked about the national on the pod before, um, but it was really hard not to pick them because one, I didn't really have a choice, but two, um, <laughs> they are one of my favorites um, and they have a song about Ohio. So, you know, why not? Why not go with them? Um, so and it's one of the best. Um, so, yeah, like they're from Cincinnati, Ohio, um, and a couple of them in met in college in Cincinnati, I believe it was um, Matt and Scott, and Scott's, Scott's the bassist currently in the band. Um, they had formed a garage band called Nancy, which is named after hmm. uh, Matt's mother. And they were actually together for about five years and then split up and there was a few other projects. And then um, they actually formed uh, the National with... Uh, the Dustner brothers and Scott's brother um, in Brooklyn, New York in 1999. Um, but yeah, and then obviously from there, they just blew up. Um, you know, they're pretty successful uh, now and, uh, you know, great. That's great for them. Um, <laughs> so, but they released in uh, a release, Blood Bows Ohio in uh, March of 2010 which was before the release of the album High Violet. Um, and High Violet is personally my favorite. I was married to Ohio in a swarm of bees. I never married, but Oh, um, by the way, so I ordered that um, 10 year anniversary box set or whatever vinyl mm -hmm. set. Ooh. And of course, because I'm horrible with vinyls, it took me like months to open it. And when I opened it, oh, no. I realized that 
there's like I think there's like four different um yeah three or four like different vinyls yeah. yeah and one I got two of like three and four instead of like one oh. two three yeah so like I got like double of of like two like of one of the sets and so I like I yeah which is a bummer because yeah. <laughs> I can't oh, that really enjoy it because like the what? first I love the first half of the album I yeah. think the most so um major bummer <laughs> but yeah I feel like it's too late now for me to like say anything because it's been like months like almost probably almost a year right well if um, any any if anyone from the national or four ad is that, is that a four ad what, what label was that on i think anyway, so yeah if anyone's listening you know please reach out to us uh we would love for you to rectify sasha's order it seems unjust um, you know, we're, we're, we're signal boosting the national, which they, they could really use it. You know, let's face it, yeah. like our platform, they're going to get that. They're going to get that DYBE bump. Um, so please yeah. reach out. We need a big collab soon. Yeah. yeah. We'll help them out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, you know, it's the national. They're, they're great. Um, Obviously, as we've said, they, they've blown up and, you know, obviously, you know, the Dessners and Matt have worked with a certain artist who we will not name on this show, but, um, you know, good for them. Um, good for them winning Grammys and stuff. Um, but yeah, love the national. Want to see them live again, hopefully at a better venue. Better venue. Yes. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe indoors, um, maybe not with a bunch of jerks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, um, the National make a very distinct type of music. It has a very uh, a specific tone. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that tone embodies your experience of living in Ohio? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, kind of like, like I feel like <laughs> I, you know, I, I rag on Ohio a lot. Um, but there are really beautiful parts about it. And I feel like a lot of people, I feel like people from Cincinnati seem to like it a lot. I don't know if that's true, but, (laughs) and Cincinnati is a really, is actually a really cool area like that, that part of Ohio, it's like further South. So they almost seem like they're, they're Southerners. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's a lot more, um, at least from what I've seen, it's a lot more picturesque than like where I'm from. Personally, I feel like where I'm from, it seems very like flat and kind of mm-hmm. one note. Um, and like, I feel like parts, some other parts of Ohio are a lot more picturesque and beautiful. And I feel like the national has a lot of beautiful, but somber music sometimes. And I feel like that is, can be the Ohio experience. Yeah. <laughs> and beautiful maybe some people would argue that the national are a little boring, which I don't really agree with but <laughs> lots of parts of Ohio are also very boring so <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know if I would agree with that at all. I mean they, they have some songs that are a little drier than others but I, I mm-hmm. typically find their music very captivating uh, but you know whatever ask for every saddle then the light cry baby cry oh the Waters are rising, there's still no surprise in you. Then the light, cry, baby, cry. Man, it's all been forgiven. Swans are swim. I'll explain everything. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody. Uh, <laughs> so sometimes we have reader mail and or reviews to sing. But we have none of those this week. So I'm just going to, uh, in the middle of the episode here, make another plea to please write at us at dybepod at gmail.com. We will read your email on air if it is flattering and compliments us. Why would we read a negative email? That would just be dumb. Um, and uh, if you leave us a nice glowing five-star review at uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave a review, um, one of us, maybe me, may sing it on the air. Who knows? Uh, Here, hold on. Here's an incentive. Maybe if you guys send, you can pick what he sings, like in the tone of. Yeah. So if you want him to sing in the tone of, you know, fucking Carly Rae Jepsen, he'll do it. Yeah. 
Okay. Love it. Yep. 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 <laughs> thank, thank you for volunteering that for me, Sasha. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, like like Sasha said, uh, if you leave us a nice review, I'll sing it on air, and you choose the song that I mimic the melody of. And, within, and I apologize you know. to that song in advance. Uh, but what we <laughs> will have for you on this episode is some recommendations in a segment we like to call Songs for you. Week. Uh, same order, so I will kick things off. My song for your week, listener, is What's Your Pleasure by Jesse Ware. It is from Ware's fourth album of the same name. Um, boy, Jesse Ware, what an album. Uh, so this album uh, is a, a conscious effort to move away from her previous two, which were very melancholy and somber and sort of these like heartbreak songs. And she wanted to write an album about, uh, quote, escapism and groove, which is definitely what this album is. Uh, so the titular track, What's Your Pleasure, is some shit hot disco. Um, and it is about... Um, According to an interview with her that I read, uh, basically, when you vibe with someone so hard that you just want to be like, oh, fuck, like, what are you into? Like, what, like, what do you want? What do you want our bodies to do? Like, ooh, like, like, just like, what's your pleasure, baby? Like, literally, it's that. It's, it's like meeting a stranger at a club and vibing with them so hard that you just want to be like, ooh, like, like, what gets you off? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be into that. I'm just saying right now. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, no. It, it, that way. it takes a, a certain a, type of voluntary one year quarantine if that happened. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What's your pleasure is definitely what led to COVID. Um, yeah, no, but it's just it. it yeah, no, that it definitely it, it illustrates the behavior of a certain type of extrovert, which I think maybe none of us are. Um, but I do yeah. appreciate that. That's the inspiration for your for the song. Um, and and just mm-hmm. on the surface, it's just it's got just like this really. It's really driving four on the floor beat, um, you know, the iciest cold since this side of justice. Um, and just it's just a really, really catchy melody. So that's What's Your Pleasure by Jesse Ware. Jillian. Yeah, good. yeah. Um, my song for your week this week is Wouldn't Come Back by the band Truesdale. obsessed with this band right now i can't stop listening to them they're so good um i heard them on tiktok maybe like a month or so ago maybe two months ago i can't remember anymore um but they just released this song i think a few weeks ago and it's so good they sound like they're like three um three women and they sound like they have to be sisters like they sound like they Mm -hmm. would be like akin to the staves but they're not related at all they sound like they would like be triplets because that's how in sync they are um their harmonies are like so tight it sounds like it's one person singing and harmonizing with themselves half the time but um, i feel like that's that's really your wheelhouse is like get three women together who harmonize well and jillian is on board it's mine too so i listen (laughs) i listened to it today it's it's really good same I, i loved it yeah, that my second favorite um, by them is Happy Anymore. So if you're listening to them already, listen to Happy mm-hmm. Anymore next. But they've got um, an EP out called uh, Look Around, and the whole thing is really, really good. Um, really excited for whatever full length they eventually put out. Yeah, the high harmonies at the end of uh, – I'm, I'm sorry, forgetting the song that you're, you're recommending. But Wouldn't the, come back. Yeah, the high harmonies mm-hmm. at the end of that song are, are really – Really nice. Really punchy oh, in the good. gut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Mike. Yeah, my song for your week is Smoke Rings by Les Paul and Mary Ford. 
jazz song that is i guess like lounge pop in a way too um it's just a really carefree song um it puts you in a good mood but it also is a little melancholy because Mm -hmm. they're talking about smoke rings and where do they really go and just kind of i guess in a way as a metaphor for love is fleeting Mm -hmm. um but it's yeah it's really really uh still yeah it's a really uh sweet track it's beautiful it's like gauzy and dreamy and visual like i was really uh really yeah blew my hair back yeah and mary ford's voice is phenomenal yeah Yeah, really nice yeah and and it has that it has that old-timey production quality where things just feel very roomy yeah like tinny you know that old sound yeah yeah, yeah. from the 50s it's really nice Mm -hmm. It and definitely, I think probably the oldest song that will go on our uh, songs for your week playlist. Um, yeah. yeah, good stuff. Oh, gotta pick something from the 1800s tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, we missed the whole um, what was it like, sailor, uh, like at sea, sea shanty, sea shanty. <laughs> yeah, we, we could have done a pot on that. Yeah, we still could rode that fast. <laughs> yeah, your, your favorite shanty. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys today we're talking about our favorite hymnals sasha what do you got <laughs> well i i for one love on eagle's wings um that is my mom's favorite actually <laughs> <laughs> he cries dude if it's if we're like at a baptism it's usually some, uh-huh. like played at funerals and people are yeah. already crying but the first yeah. note that, that plays in that song, it's like probably the same thing when people hear the first note of the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. My mom plays <laughs> the first note uh, for On Eagle's Wings and is like gone. <laughs> okay. It's a paramedic crew. <laughs> you got to be ready. Real quick detour about uh, the Black Parade. Uh, so when My Chemical Romance announced that they were getting or like re- reuniting for a bunch of tours, I was like, oh, you know, maybe like because I, I stopped listening basically at the Black Parade. Like I was really into Three Cheers for Suit Revenge and then I yeah. sort of fell out of the scene. Um, but I went back and tried to listen to that and I felt instantly very, very old because like the the aside from the intro, which is like slow and melodic and just like has the piano and like the, the marching drums. But then the song in earnest starts and the the overriding feeling that I was feeling was like, they're doing too much. This music is too fast and too loud. Like it's just, it's like, ah! yeah. It's just like so yeah. histrionic. Anyway, Sasha, what is your song for our listeners' week? Okay. Um. So speaking of feeling old, um, my song for your week is a song called "Taxi Man" by Securin Zensen. And these guys are like all born in 1998, which I found out today, which made me sick to my stomach. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but they're really good. This is um, so they're from Japan. Uh, the entire song is in Japanese, so I have no idea what they're saying, honestly. But it's a really good punk song. Um, sounds like it, they would be extremely fun live, mm-hmm. especially because they're such young, sunk, young little guys. So I feel like they, you know, young probably have guys. a really <laughs> fun young fan base and and everything. But yeah, it's a it's a great song. Yeah, no, Sasha, I have to thank you for well introducing me to maybe my favorite thing that I've heard for a long, oh. long, long time. Uh, I nice. listen, I listen to it um, 
like an hour ago and then I immediately put on their album. I tried to find right. all of the information that I could. There's not a lot out there on them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this song sounds like incidentally enough, like early 2000s SoCal garage punk by way of mm -hmm. Tokyo with like a little bit of sex pistols in there. And Absolutely. did you watch the video for this song? I didn't. I was going to, though, but yeah. So it's, it's a very basic performance clip, but they do the I think it's the thing where they record it at half speed and then they double the speed so that it's at tempo. Um, mm -hmm. And just oh, it's so, so much fun. It's so high energy. It's yeah, it's really, really great. Awesome. Awesome recommendation. Awesome. Cool. All right, okay, folks. Pick, yeah. Yeah. It's a good, good, good episode. Good week. Good gravy. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Did You Bring Earplugs? Our intro, as usual, is brought to you by Josh Stanley of Modaf. You can listen to them at modaff.bandcamp.com. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram at dybepod. And as mentioned previously, you can write to us at dybepod at gmail.com. Folks, hosts, co-hosts. Any final words you want to leave our listeners with as we go into the halcyon days of May? I think this will be an ep May episode. I have no idea. What is time? Yes. I don't know. Um, go get vaccinated. Yeah. yeah. Get your jab. Please. I want to go to shows safely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, folks. Like until next time, I've been Julian Suga. They have been Sasha, Mike, and Jillian. And... <laughs> <laughs> and Maggie. And Maggie. Say hi, Maggie. Maggie. Maggie? Maggie, cool it, please. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassing in front of all my new friends. <laughs> all right, folks. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. 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 Oh, the puppy just wants some love. The baby? She just wants some love. Yo, she Hi. sat she sat silently through most of the episode, which I, I very I much appreciate. Seems like she always knows when we're about to end. Yeah, right. She's like, oh, they're wrapping up. I can start being a pest again. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Mama said no. Nope.